What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for taking this time to listen to a message by Prophet Kevin Leal. No one has impacted my life as much as this man has. He's been a true spiritual mentor and spiritual father in my life for countless years, and he's helped me to get to where I am today and continues to propel me towards the future vision and purposes that the Lord has in store for me, our church, and the kingdom of God all over the world. Be blessed and buckle your seatbelt. How many understand that if you're going to have a fire, you got to stack the wood before you send the fire? Say, stack the wood before you send the fire. Come on, shout, stack the wood before you send the fire. And so what I'm going to be doing in this session is I'm going to be stacking the wood. And then we're going to receive an offering. We're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to send the fire. And I so here's, here's the thing. So many people, they think we got to keep everything going because if we stop, we're going to miss God. No, we're not going to miss God tonight. I've been with God all day. I know it's where we're going. People got to go to the bathroom. How many understand it's hard to receive a prophecy if you got to go to the bathroom? <laughs> so we're going to let you go to the bathroom where you get your prophecy, get your flow. Come on, is that all right? Man, we're common sense people, man. So tonight I want you to really encourage you to be open to take notes. Now, this is designed for this people right here, but it's also designed to share with other people. And I know we got a lot of different spiritual ages here. We got some mature. We got some not so mature. We got some non-Bible readers, but church attenders. Everybody say non-Bible reader. But church attender. attender. Non-Bible reader. reader. But church attender. Now, I can see by the guilty look on some of y'all faces. (laughs) Cinderella, that shoe fits you. I know that does. (laughs) So today we want to give you some background because faith opens a receptive place for you to receive God's spirit. Are you ready? Well, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of applause before we start. Come on. Now, I believe that the Spirit of God wants to flow every, every day. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every prophetic word that comes from God. Everybody shout, there's a word for me every day. And so many people are just church pumpkins. They just sit there. They just don't get anything. They say, I don't understand it. It's because you've never been taught to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. All people resist uncertainty. Everybody resists uncertainty. And so there is a measure of uncertainty when you get with God, but many times there's way, way too much uncertainty because of the lack of the skill or wisdom of a leader. And I want to make it easy to receive. Somebody say easy to receive. Now, your answer is, I received it. Everybody shout, I received it. I received it. That's your only answer. I'm going to ask you about four questions, and all you got to say is, I received it. How did you get saved? I received it. How do you get forgiveness? I received it. How do you get friends? I received it. How do you get a pastor? I received it. How do you get clean? I received it. How do you get the Holy Spirit? I received it. And the higher the resistance and uncertainty the less you're going to receive it. And see, the greatest Christians are the greatest receivers. If you think I got to have this big, huge intellect to be effective in God, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's the one that receives the most, that really can do the most. In the first century, 50% of the Roman Empire were slaves, illiterate slaves, and they shook the world. And it seems like the more intelligent you get, the more you doubt and the less you use God. Now, your intellect is a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. Say, my intellect intellect is a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. And I want you to understand, but after you receive it in the spirit, turn your Bible to John chapter 19, verse 17. 
John chapter 19, verse 17. Because if you were in this meeting with your intellect, you're going to miss the spirit. Now, when you see Jesus on the cross, he's replacing what Adam did in the garden. He died on a tree. We lost our life on the tree in the garden when they ate the false fruit. But we regain it on the cross where Jesus becomes our substitute. The Bible says, and Jesus bearing his cross went to a place called Golgotha or the place of the skull. And that's where he had the crown of thorns. So why would God crucify Jesus at a place called the skull? And the reason they call it the skull is that because it physically had the appearance of a skull. You know why? The greatest hindrance to the move of God in your life is your intellect. Say, my intellect, my intellect. makes so wonderful servant, makes a wonderful but a horrible master. And so what happens is that when you have to know everything before you follow instructions, you're going to get into a mess. You're going to get into a mess. And you're going to miss your blessing. And so I'm going to ask you to suspend some of your intellectual questions if you want to receive tonight. Now, tonight is not for skeptics. It's not for postmodern thinkers. It's not for people who have been jaded. This is for hungry believers. And I'm going to act like you're hungry. I'm not going to answer all your doubt questions and skeptic questions. Is the Bible real? Do you really believe in miracles? That's for another session. And if that's where you're at, just put on your spectator goggles and just watch us do the thing. There's always spectators in these kind of meetings. You can see them. They go, oh, my God, what does that mean? I understand that. And so I'm not here to address you. I'm, you can't do everything in every meeting. I'm after the hungry people tonight. Jesus was calling a meeting. He says, is anybody hungry? Anybody thirsty? That's who I'm after tonight. He didn't say, do I have any skeptics? <laughs> well, that's another time. I can give you some websites. You can watch it for about 17 hours, and you're going to have more data, but you're still going to be empty. Let me ask you, has anybody here ever had their first kiss? Remember your first kiss? That must have been a hot kiss, baby. <laughs> if I say, you know, I've never kissed a girl before, and I really want to know what I should do to kiss this girl, what's it going to feel like? How would it be if I gave you 10 steps to get a girl to kiss you? How I can tell it's ready to be kissed? First thing, she's going to have a faraway look in her eyes. Head going to be cocked at 45-degree angle. Moistened lips. A glistening in her eyeballs. So this guy, he has my list, and he looks at this girl, 45-degree angle, check. Misty eyes, check. Wet lips, check. 45-degree angle, check. And he makes his move. She goes, what, what, what are you doing? Well, I thought you wanted to kiss me. And he shows her the list. She goes, no, I've got a cold. I don't want to kiss you. You don't get kissed by a list. And if you think you're going to bring your religious list, Thirty minutes of music, check. <laughs> Dim lights, check. Nice, warm, fuzzy preacher, no check. <laughs> Listen, God's gonna sneak up on you tonight and say, "I love you." So tear up your religious list. Feel after God tonight. This is for the hungry people. This is for the hungry people. And so all people resist uncertainty, so I'm going to take away some of the uncertainty so it's easy to receive. 
The next thing is that God is the God of patterns, not formulas. Patterns are different than formulas. You can personalize the pattern, but you can't personalize the formula. Pattern says, this is what I want to do. Here's a pattern, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his moral righteousness. Somebody say moral righteousness. You're not going to engage God if you have bad morals. It's going to put you on a different wavelength than the Holy Ghost. When it says seek first the kingdom, that means the kingdom operating system. Everybody say, I'm a design. In a design. In a design. In a design. And so real ministry, real preaching is to shift you back into the design. Say, in the design or out of my mind. See, if you're not in God's design, there's something wrong with your mind because God designed you that way. If I put diesel gas or diesel fuel in a, a regular gas-powered car, it's not going to function. Why? I didn't obey the design. And so now we're going to say, hey, just obey your design. Obey your design. If you're depressed, confused, you, you're taking medication so you can be a happy person, you're self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, or pornography, the real issue is you're out of the design. If you're continually depressed, you're out of the design. You don't need a psychiatrist. You need a Holy Ghost meeting. Devil out, Holy Ghost in, come on. Say this, say, demons don't die. They just recycle people. Look at your neighbor and say, demons don't die. They just recycle people. And I know I'm here in, in Corpus Christi. I see some Hispanic folk. The demons in this city, they're bilingual. Oh, these demons are bilingual. Sometimes you say, come out. Other times you say, fuera, come on. So you've got to repent of your sins to get the moral frequency open so God will begin to touch you. And so we want to engage the kingdom operating system. And you don't have to beg the Holy Ghost to come in this building tonight. He's already poured out his spirit 2,000 years ago. He's already poured out his spirit 2,000 years ago. How many got faucets or bathrooms in your house? Do you pray before you turn the water on and just say, I hope water comes out? If that shutoff valve under the sink is on, you don't go, I hope I get water this time. Jesus says, there is a river from heaven that's been flowing for 2,000 years. Quit doubting and start drinking, baby. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, quit doubting and start drinking. And the next thing is God's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. And some of you brought your sin issues here. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you got some issues. Come on. Come on, say, I know you got some issues. God's not intimidated by your issues. That's why you get the Holy Ghost, to resolve the issues. And if you want to resolve all your issues before you get the Holy Ghost, that's like getting healed before you go to the hospital. That's eating before you go to the buffet. It doesn't work that way. And so we want to teach about growing up in the kingdom. Now listen to me very carefully. And there's some liars in this room tonight. You did some liars. You lied to yourself. You just lie to yourself. And don't lie to yourself and you'll get the answer tonight. Now, there's multiple different ages that are under the sound of my voice. Everybody has an age. It can be measured. 
Everybody has an age that can be measured. You have an academic age. You have a relational age. You have an emotional age. And you have a spiritual age. And see, you can have a doctorate degree and be a baby Christian. Everybody say, intelligent, but ignorant. Say, intelligent, but ignorant. Intelligence means you've got capacity. But the word ignorant means you just don't know. Doesn't mean you don't have the capacity. You just don't know. And so you can be 45 years old, come to church, have a degree, be a millionaire, drive up a $100,000 car, and be dumb as a box of cheese when it comes to the move of God. What's going on? I, I, I don't know what happened here. Why are they doing that? Admit your age and you'll begin to receive from the Holy Ghost. You know, I don't speak that good of Spanish, maybe 20%. And when I'm in Chile or Mexico, where I go very often, somebody four years old can be my interpreter because they know better Spanish than me. I'm ignorant, but I'm intelligent. But I got no sense to use their ability to speak the two languages if I'm there. So accept your ignorance and say, I'm not going to be ignorant anymore. I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody say intelligent, but ignorant. And what stops most people is pride or sophistication. He said, well, I don't want to act like that when the power of God comes on me. I don't want to dance. I don't want to sing. I don't want to raise my hands. Okay, stay empty. God is the author of this thing. See, you may have gray hair and missing teeth. You may have a little muffin top over. You, all kind of issues. But to the Father in heaven, you're just youngsters. And he calls himself father no matter if you're 85 years old. And to him, you're still a child. And he says, if you want to operate in the kingdom of God, everybody put your hand on the crown of your head and push forward. Say, make yourself a child. You had to make yourself. When you get around the spirit of God, you have to say, hey, I'm going to respond like a seven-year-old child because in the Greek language, that's what it is, a seven-year-old child. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm more sophisticated. I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to say, okay, stay empty. Stay empty. But these are the instructions of my father. Put your, crown, put your hand on the crown of your head again. Put your hand on the crown and push forward. You had to do something. I mean, push forward hard. Just push forward. All right? That is what you have to do intellectually to enter the presence of God. You know, I'm 66 years old. And I may not dance like David danced. This, this David right here, David with the, the, the congas, not David in the Bible. I mean, he's jumping around. But I may just tap my foot. But for me, that's dancing. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm getting with the program. I got a dancing heart, but it's, I'm, I'm open to be free. How many open to be free tonight? See, God designed your emotions to be engaged in the supernatural move of God. And some of you guys, you got frozen emotions. I was watching you in the worship. You got frozen emotions. You're worship boys. You like to watch other people. Look at that. Oh, my God. Look at, oh, that's so funny. Oh, look at that. Look at your name and say, are you a worship warrior? Are you a worship warrior? Tonight, God's got a hair dryer. You go put on that ice. He's going to melt the frozen thing in your life if you let him. I'm going to put a, 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 a hair dryer on that little ice cube. It's going to melt it tonight. See, you are as free as you want to be. You don't have to be all frozen. I don't care what your daddy was, your mama was, the church you came from, but we came from Belly Button Baptist Church. We didn't do all that stuff up in there. 
It don't take all that. Uh, the Bible says it does. The Bible says it does. The book of Psalms is the worship book of the Bible. And the way that they act in the book of Psalms is normal in the kingdom of God. Sitting like they're frozen, chosen at a lecture is not church to God. It's like God looking at you. What's wrong with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? So you have a spiritual age, an emotional age, a relational age, an academic age. And so you understand that the ages that you are determine a lot of things about you. How do you respond to kingdom reality? How do you react to people problems? How do you manage relationships? How do you take responsibility? What do you make a priority or a value? Are you able to reproduce and take care of what you reproduce and not just sexually, but as a ministry, as a relationship in this church? That tells you how age you are. You know, I used to get mad at Christians. They used to get on my last prophetic nerve. I wanted to punch them in the face. Oh, my God. At least I'm admitting how I really feel. I didn't do it, but I said, you know, the Bible said that Jesus groaned within himself. Anybody ever raised teenagers? Then you know the groan. You go to open the refrigerator, and they got the empty milk card in the refrigerator. Why would you put the empty milk carton and just not walk seven steps to put in the trash? Oh, no. That's the groan. You're growing up people. Okay, so God is saying that there's different ages. And I began to understand that when people are dysfunctional in the church, I used to take it personally. I don't take your dysfunction personal anymore. Everybody say, not my problem. Not my problem. Not my circus, not my monkeys is not my problem. And so what you have to understand is that every one of you is in some measure on your way to some aspect of maturity. So let me tell you the destination so you'll understand when God shows up where he's taken us. We don't want to have a lot of uncertainty. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. God has taken us back to our original design. Everybody in this building is broken by sin just living in America, broken by broken daddy, broken mommy, all kind of stuff. We're broken. And so when God sends a spirit back to us, it's to restore us. It's time to be restored. Here is what God intended in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, so on and so forth. But see, God's blessing only comes on his image. Say, God's blessing only comes on his image. And so when you're outside the image, even though you have good intentions and good desires, God's blessing can't come on anything but his image. And I don't care what your church background is or was. There's only sons and daughters in heaven. There's no Catholics. I'm sorry, Catholics. There's no Baptists. There's no Methodists. There's no Lutherans. That's just the franchise down here on earth. We got Verizon. We got Sprint. We got T-Mobile. I can buy the same phone a lot of different places. They don't make phones. They just sell phones. You don't make salvation, baby. You just the outlet to tell people about it. And so when you get in the Holy Ghost, he doesn't care about the sign, your religious background. Most of the time, that is a hindrance to get closer to God. You know, when I came out of my Catholic background, a church like this would have freaked me out. Oh, dear God, it was be quiet. We make God nervous. We were always whispering in church. It was bells and smells and candles. Oh, it wasn't church unless it was incense and candles and bad singing. 
I mean, I walk in this church, we got a full band. The pastor's on the congas, he's doing his little conga dance. I mean, I'm going like, wow. You know, it's like the 7-Eleven, they sing the same song seven or 11 times. I would be freaked out. So I had to make myself a child to enter into the reality of the Holy Ghost. How many want to enter into true reality today? And so uh, every problem that you have, every problem that you have is because in some degree or dimension, you're outside of the original image. Every problem you got, every problem we got is because we're operating outside of the image of God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 it said, that, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Were they naked? Probably. But they had the cloth of glory. They had a covering of glory on them. They were naked, but they had glory on them. In other words, they had the image of God. So when she looked at Adam, she saw the image of God. When he looked at Eve, he saw the image of God. And their conversation were full of the fruit of the Spirit. Hello, honey, how you doing? But after they lost their glory, that's when they got mean and witchy. That's right. Every marital fight is because they're lacking the glory of God in the marriage. Every church issue is because somebody's lacking the glory of God. What is the glory of God? His manifested image. That's your answer. Say manifested image. What's the glory of God? Come on, turn your volume up. What's the glory of God? And so when the Holy Spirit comes, what's he doing? He's doing the work of recreation. And while you're dancing, you're being recreated. While you're singing, you're being recreated. While you're worshiping, you're being recreated. He's recreating and taking you back to the original glory. That's what he's doing to you. And if you understand that, you'll just dive right in. Because what is destroying our relationship is a lack of transparency. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 down to verse 14. I'm going to read the four levels of growth. It's not a time, it's a dimension in the spirit. It's not a time, it's a dimension in the spirit. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 down to 14. I write you, fathers, because you are, your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I write, I'm sorry. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write you, father, because you've known him as from the beginning. I write you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. I write you, little children, because you've known the father. I've written you, Father, because you've known he who is from the beginning. I've written you, young man, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you overcome the wicked one. There are four different distinct growth patterns. Every single person under the sound of my voice is in one of these levels. They're spiritual, they're relational, they're not intellectual. And you mess up your life by not accepting the place you are in the spirit. Because God is always trying to feed us the next thing that we have. If you don't read, I don't care if you're 40 years old, in the reading level, you're probably about third or fourth grade. Now, you may not have to go sit in a third or fourth grade class, but we got to start teaching you at third or fourth grade level. So let me give you the four distinctions of growth. Children or little children, Zero to seven years old. These are the chronological ages, but it's a spiritual dimension. Children, zero to seven. Adolescence, seven to pre-puberty. These are all areas of God's dealing with us. Young men from puberty to 40. Because it says you want to fight the devil. Because it says you want to fight the devil. 
And the last one is fathers and mothers, 40 and beyond. And so you have children, adolescents, young men, and fathers and mothers. And so what happens is that when you're dealing with people, how they respond to situations, how they respond in relationships automatically tell you what you're dealing with. Pastor said, well, I can't get my people to serve. Well, it's what age would people not want to serve? Babies, adolescents, young men and mature people, they want to serve. So can you make my people serve? Now, let's make them grow up a little bit because you're not going to get little kids to have consistent serving. How many understand that? And if you think you're mature and you're not serving consistently, you're not the age you think you are. And we got some people, you think more highly of yourself than you are. Your works reveal you or your lack of works reveal you. So whatever your spiritual age is, there's going to be a corresponding obedience and response based on that age. And so every single one of these levels, there's different things that God is teaching you. Now, you can progress very fast if you understand, I got to know this, I got to learn this, got to learn this, got to have this experience. And there are experiences for every single one. Let me give you an example. It says, I write you fathers because you've known him from the beginning. In other words, I know the ancient of ages. I understand God's death. Then it says, you little children, you've known the father. So there's sin issues. Well, you're just dealing with your sin issues. I can't stop sinning. I can't stop sinning. You're a baby in the things of God because you've not known, because you've not known how to overcome your sin issues. Everybody say, if you got unresolved sin issues, you're at spiritual baby level. What offends you reveals you. Well, I don't want him to call me a spiritual baby. Hey, listen, you are what you are. You got poopy spiritual diapers. You come in here. Hey, you're a spiritual baby. What you complain about reveals you. You don't tithe. You're not faithful in attendance. You're always fussing with somebody. You're a spiritual baby. You're a spiritual baby. Hear that silence? <laughs> that means you hit the bullseye. <laughs> the next thing is, adolescent, I know the Father. There's this revelation. I, I get preoccupied with the Father. I want to sing about the Father, sing about the family. I want that warm feeling when the Father comes. He calls you by name. You got those father prophecies. For thus saith the Lord, my little children, I love you. That's that second stage. Third stage, I want to kick some devil butt. <laughs> Young men, you've overcome the devil. I want to go on a mission trip. I want to prophesy. I want to witness. I want to cast out demons. I want to get people healed and delivered. You're at level three. Well, I don't want to cast out no devils. Well, you're not three. You're two or one. You ought to see some of your faces tonight like, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm getting measured here. I, I thought I was older than I was. <laughs> and the fourth level is father and mother. How many understand that real fathers and mothers, they feed their children before they eat? If you can't, if the only person you take care of first is you, you not father and mother. Look at your neighbor and say, are you getting measured tonight? I said, are you getting measured tonight? And so don't complain about it. Jump in the Holy Ghost. Receive your age and begin to accelerate. And let me tell you something. If you don't read the Bible on a daily basis, I don't care how you respond because you can learn uh, the church language. You can look, praise the Lord, saints. You can raise your hand, glory to God, hallelujah, and be dumb, 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 dumb. You got to read the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible on a daily basis, look at your name and say, if you don't read the Bible, come on, look at him in the eyes. Be my eyes. I can't be there. You be my eyes. Say, if you don't read the Bible, you are a spiritual 
Come on. We need to get you a children's picture Bible. Big pictures, less words. That's all right. Amen. When I first got saved, the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, you're behind time. You're 21. I mean, I, I thought the book of Job was the book of Job. It says J-O-B. In English, you say job. I said, man, that job had a hard job. I just didn't know. In my Catholic church, we never read the Bible. We ne I, I looked for holy water in purgatory. I, I, when, I, when I first started coming to the Lord, I, I was looking for purgatory because I knew I wasn't good enough for heaven. I kind of wanted to slide into purgatory and work my way up to heaven. <laughs> and the more I read the Bible, the more I understood the ways of God. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't read your Bible... Come on, raise your voice. Be obnoxious to them. Make them, make, I want you to irritate them a little bit so they don't forget this message. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't read your Bible on a daily basis, you are a spiritual. You can finish the word yourself. Baby. And you're going to have baby issues. Going to have little baby tantrums, little church tantrums. The pastor didn't hug me this Sunday. You're sitting in my seat. Why the church so long? Why come the preaching so long? Because you're so shallow. Come on, this is not the magic kingdom. That's in Orlando. This is the kingdom of God. This is not Pastor Peter Pan taking you to never, never land. Look at your name one more time and say, if you don't read your Bible on a daily basis, you are. Come on, say it with a whip. Say, you are. A spiritual. See, you're not going to forget this message. Right? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but we with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it's basically saying that as we get in the presence of God, He begins to show us the next step for us. And the glory of God is like a mirror. We see where we're going. And we go from glory to glory to glory. Now, they haven't made that clear in many churches, like some mystical, the glory. How you feel, brother? The glory is here. Why you don't pay your tithe to the glory here? How come you and your wife fight like two animals in the house if the glory is here? How come you don't witness to anybody if the glory is here? Now, you're in some kind of alternate universe. It's not the kingdom of God. When the glory comes, it reveals your image. Say, so we go from image to image to image. And in every image, there's different responsibilities. There's different sensibilities. So you go from image to image to image. And so the word transformation is the word metamorpho. It's the caterpillar to the butterfly syndrome. Can I tell you that you don't have to be the same next year as you are right now. Come on, some of you got some spiritual ugly on you. Well, oh, I know you know how to behave when you come to the church, but when you get in your car, you're fussing and fighting about everything, and the pastor got to deal with that. Pastor, we need to talk to you. We have issues. Did you read your Bible this week? 
Well, you know, I have, I, 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 I don't have time. Well, you got time to argue. Oh, it's getting, it's getting good up in here, ain't it? So God is saying, I'm going to send my spirit, and we're going to begin a transformation process. Don't divorce your husband or your wife. Get him in the Holy Ghost. My cat, I'm out of love. No, you just haven't read your Bible, you old stinker. You're living in your animal nature. See, there's only kind of two people in this room right here. Only two kind of people. Look at your neighbor and say, if you're not a son and a daughter, what the hell kind of animal are you? <laughs> Come on, look at your neighbor and say, if you're not a son and a daughter, what the hell kind of animal are you? That's why Jesus called the Pharisees snakes, dog, pig, hog. Because if you're not in the presence of God, the animal nature will dominate you. I need a Holy Ghost treatment, buddy, else I'll go back to my animal ways. Somebody said, we need a Holy Ghost treatment. Come on, we need some Holy Ghost treatments. God never designed that one treatment would sustain you. God will never come up with a system that makes you able to live outside of a relationship with him. That's why it's daily bread. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be taken, done away with. When I was a child, this is Paul speaking, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror, a glory mirror. But then we're going to see face to face. Now I know in part, but thus then shall I know as I am known. Then he says, but when the perfect has come in verse 10. The word perfect is the Greek word called teleos. Everybody say teleos. The word teleos is what it sounds like, which is telescope. In other words, when the Spirit of God drops on you, you have a telescope and you begin to see your future. You begin to see the stage of what I'm going to become. I'm going to go from glory to glory to image to image. And so what God says, you got to take off the little child and put on the next glory. So all of your life is putting on, taking off. Putting on, taking off. Putting on, taking off. And we got people that are in the same spiritual clothing that they were 20 years ago. They're the same clothing. They're stuck in time. And the Bible says you got to put on the new man. And so what God does is when the Holy Spirit comes, he begins to cause the process of transformation in you from the inside out. So you got to understand when you get born again, you are a new creature. It would be like if I had a vessel here and I had pomegranate juice and orange juice. And I pour both of them into one glass and stir it briskly. Do I have pomegranate juice anymore? No. Do I have orange juice anymore? No. Can I separate them anymore? No. It's all one thing. It's a new thing. So when you get born again... You get the Spirit of God in your spirit. You're transformed. With your human spirit, you're a new creature. But that's not enough. How many understand that when you get a brand new car, many times the dealer puts a full tank of gas in it? How long is that gas going to last you? Till it's empty and I got to get more gas. I don't get a new car, I just get more gas. Many of you, you had an experience eight years ago, seven years ago, was glorious, and now you're just kind of just out of gas, out of spiritual gas. God never designed that we live on that initial experience. We got to continually be filled over and over and over and over. And so Jesus is saying, I'm sending an experience called the Father's Promise. 
Now, there's two kind of people here today. People that have had that experience, and God wants to train you to transfer that experience into others. There's other people you've never had it, and you need to have your initial time of receiving and be in it and grow in it. And the Spirit of God is here today to baptize many of you in the Holy Spirit. The word baptism was not a religious word in the Greek language. It's what we call to die. Because they, when they had different kinds of lamb's wool, it was different color, black, white, gray, messed up colors. They would put it all in a vat and they would baptize it and it would come out looking just like one color. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, he saturates every aspect of your personality so that you come out looking like him. And there are many, many different baptisms. You go back again and again and again. And so that's what this pastor is wanting to emphasize in this church. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus calls what we're about to do the promise of the Father. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tear in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Somebody say, power, power. from on high. You're going to experience God's power when it comes upon you. Listen to me. Everybody receives different ways emotionally. I've seen some people just are very quiet, but the power comes on them. Other people, they jump and scream, but the power comes on them. It many times depends on your personality. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Listen to me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not an option. It is not an option. Many churches have made it an option, but Jesus said, I command you, do not leave Jerusalem till you receive the promise of the Father. Say, the baptism, the baptism. of the Holy Spirit is not an option. And then he says, I will pour out of my spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 15. Acts chapter 2, verse 15, down to verse 18. So when they began to receive the Holy Spirit, this is how it looked to the people. They thought they were drunk. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, which is 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Somebody shout all flesh. All flesh. Somebody shout all flesh. all flesh. Catholic flesh, Muslim flesh, Hindu flesh, Baptist flesh, sinner flesh, homosexual flesh. He doesn't care. He will visit every flesh. And then it says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on your men's service and on your maid service, I will pour out of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So the moment that you get full of the spirit, dreams, visions, prophecy, having a communion with God's spirit, having God speak to you father to son, father to daughter. It's going to fill you up. Everything changes. Everything changes. And there are some people that say this has ceased. They're cessationists. They say this has ceased. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the gift. Amen. Do you have to work for a gift? Yeah. Say receive the gift. Receive Come on, shout receive the gift. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and your children to all who are far off as many as the Lord shall call. That means that this thing that's here tonight, even though you're reading about it in your Bibles that happened 2,000 years ago, the Bible said the same promise. Somebody said the same promise. same promise. He said it's to you and your children and your children's children as many as they far off. 
So three things. Number one, it comes by promise. How does the gift come? Number two, it's a gift. You don't work for it. Number three, I got to receive it. It's a promise. It's a gift. I received it. When I first received the Holy Spirit, it took me 90 days. And I was straining. I was struggling to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know why? I was trying to receive it through my intellect and not my spirit. I'll never forget it. Sunday morning, I'm shaving to go to this little Bible study. There was a song, a Christian song on the radio, in the Air Force radio in uh, Madrid, Spain. I felt something warm come over me. I began to weep. I began to cry. My face was full of shaving cream. God baptized me while I was shaving. You know why? I had been asking and asking and asking, and he waited till my mind was not engaged to get my spirit. From his spirit to your spirit. Say, from my spirit, from my spirit. to his spirit. You see, if God baptized your intellect, his intellect is so big, your little peanut brain couldn't receive it. He just couldn't receive it. But your spirit can receive it all. And then once your spirit gets it, your intellect begins to interpret what you feel on the inside. It's awesome. I want you to close your eyes and raise your hands. And I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you again. Every single one of you, ask the Holy Spirit, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Now, the Bible says we're a vessel. A vessel means that it can be filled. It, can, it has the capacity to hold something. And so what you have got to understand is that today the Holy Spirit is coming to fill you again. I know Christians that are works Christians. They're works Christians. They got filled at a children's camp or a youth camp, but they are trying to work it again. It comes by promise. It's a gift that must be received. See, it comes by promise. It's a gift that must be received. You've been listening to a message by Prophet Kevin Leal at Rock City Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. For more information on Prophet Kevin's ministry, visit kevinleal.org or for more information on Rock City Church, please visit rockcitycorpus.com and have an awesome, rockin', fired up day.